0: Is this Rick and Morty's craziest experiment yet? Welcome back to Nerdist News, I'm Dan Casey, and today we're breaking down the latest episode of Rick and Morty. Titled Rise of the Numericons, the movie, the eighth episode of season seven is unlike anything else this season. It aired one day after the 10th anniversary of the series, and it's the first episode of the show with zero Rick. That's right, it's Goldenfold and Morty this week. How long have you all been eating poop? So what does that mean in the bigger picture? Was this episode and experiment a success? And how does it all connect the season's larger story arc? We're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil what happened. So if you haven't seen it yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, I don't know, leave now before it's too late. Let's go home and bust a cap in Infinity's ass. Wait, let me go pee first. That way when we get there, I'll get to say, (laughs) well, I'm not gonna spoil it. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? This was an interesting episode. It was a loving tribute to classic 1980s sci-fi and space fantasy films like Transformers the Movie, as well as Star Wars Return of the Jedi. And while I did appreciate what they were going for with Rise of the Numericons, it was one of the weaker episodes of the season, and I'm someone who loves terrible punts. You've seen this show, presumably. That's not to say it's bad per se, but the rest of the season was much stronger in comparison. This episode really put the and Morty in Rick and Morty, but even then, the title characters still took a major backseat. And that's not necessarily a brand new thing, but what's so different about this is much like Morty at the beginning of the season, Rick is nowhere to be seen. The show routinely puts the spotlight on other characters, but usually they're still defined by their proximity and relationship to Rick. And sometimes Morty. It's the opposite of last week's subversion in Wet Quad of and Summer, where you thought it was going to be about Morty and Summer using a Fallout-style attribute slider. I thought the slider was going to be the whole thing this week. Wow! It's not wow, you Grinch! Except this time, it was the whole deal. There are no surprise Quados to be found anywhere, and I just think that my patience for the extended parody wore out before the end of the episode. Now, unlike some other episodes this season, it doesn't exactly do away with traditional A-B plot structure, giving us parallel interweaving storylines to break up the action. Rather, it's like an A and A-minus plot. Morty and Mr. Goldenfold get embroiled in Water T's battle to save the Alphabetrians from the sinister Numericons. It's a deeply silly payoff to a post-credit scene from eight years ago. Then I better crunch the numbers. Uh Now, you may remember Water Tea and his human form Ice Tea from Season 2's Get Swifty," in which the rap rock legend helped Rick and Morty save the Earth. And this episode picks up immediately where the post credit scene left off, with one key difference. This time, Magma Tea is voiced by the actual Ice Tea, while the fictional Ice Tea is still voiced by Dan Harmon. Father! Uh, I'm dying. Peace. It's funny because people are always asking for more classic Rick and Morty, whatever that means, and it's gotten to the point where the show itself makes fun of that vocal segment of fandom. Do some classic adventures, like season one. I'm so sick of that. F- no, what the fuck does it even mean? And likewise, another vocal segment of fandom is pretty fervent about the show expanding its canon. Well, folks, they already gave us that this season. We got a major lore update in episode five on Mort Ricken. Rick C-137 beats his nemesis, Rick Prime, to death in an episode that arguably changed the entire trajectory of the series moving forward. Oh, you guys found him? And that could well be the reason why Rick is AWOL this week. His 1,000-yard stare at the end of Unmort Ricken spoke volumes. The smartest man in the universe is now left rudderless. His all-consuming purpose in life has been fulfilled, but he still feels just as empty as ever. Oh, well, there's always another six-pack of soda. Definitely of soda. Please drink responsibly. Rick's absence seems to be a defining and unspoken quality to this episode. Water tea literally cannot remember his adventure with Rick and Morty in Get Swifty. Hey, Ice T, it's me, Morty. Remember me? Get Get Swifty? No. So why is that? There's a strangeness to the proceedings that was difficult to pin down at first. But after mulling it over, it's definitely because we're missing 50% of the equation. We've had episodes where both characters take a back seat before, but this is the first time that Rick has not appeared at all. It's my emotional cheat day. Would the galactic war between letters and numbers have felt more sustainable as an episode concept if it had Rick and his constant cynicism to undercut the abject silliness? Maybe. Maybe not. Just as the new voices behind Rick and Morty took some getting used to for fans this season, the first episode in a 70-episode series without one of its main characters, it feels a bit off-putting. It requires some cognitive reframing because, let's be real, we're only one-tenth of the way through 100 years of Rick and Morty, and seven-tenths of the way through their cumulative 100-episode order. That is a lot of original sci-fi storytelling by any stretch of the imagination, so it makes perfect sense why the creative team would want to experiment with different story structures, character combinations, and yes, extended parodies. And okay, yes, the calculator reading boobs did make me laugh every single time. Good job. The real question is, was a Rickless episode meant to be a one-off experiment? For this season, probably. For the rest of the series, probably not. Unless, of course, you also count the Vindicators 2 web series, which was a non-Rick and Morty-centric spinoff about everyone's favorite super team. Or my personal favorite, Vindicators 1, which only real fans have seen. They did a whole Vindicators without us. My point is there are still 30 episodes to go, at least. That assumes the show doesn't get picked up for any additional seasons, a scenario I find as unlikely as a galactic war between anthropomorphic letters and numbers. With so many more episodes coming down the pipeline, that means that the formula will change on occasion. Not every episode can be a lore-heavy exploration of cosmic nihilism and loneliness. Sometimes you need to embrace the silliness of an ancient galactic war between a race of sentient numbers and letters, and to raise a whole new series of questions about the timeline of the president's political career. How did he go from the governor to the Oval Office And 19- I don't under, when was he elected? I got a goddamn presidential campaign to start." Now, considering this was the payoff to a throwaway joke back in Get Schwifty in season two, and they set up a sequel in the post-credit scene of this episode, we could likely see a return to this weird world either with or without Rick in the future. After all, it is confirmation that Ice Cube also survived that deadly attack on the Grammys. Who knows what other musicians might pop up? Limp Rom Bizkit, perhaps? I mean, they did kill all the good musicians, canonically. Now, (laughs) another- Now, another aspect of the episode that stood out speaks to a recurring theme this season, the audience and the characters themselves realizing they are no longer the center of the universe. It calls back to Evil Morty's plan at the end of season 5's Rick Mariah Jack, in which he destroys the Citadel and breaks free of the central finite curve, the multiversal wall that quite literally revolves around Rick. It also fits with Evil Morty's apparent attitude in this season's Unmort Ricken. He longs to escape a world in which Rick, and by extension, Morty, are at the center, because instead of braving the horrors of the infinite, he just wants to enjoy a nice sunset. It's almost like we've been slowly shifting into Evil Morty's ideal world of anonymity. Typically, we find ourselves in stories built around scenarios where everyone they come into contact with knows who Rick and Morty are. They also usually fear Rick as some sort of godlike figure, as we saw with the space gangsters who accidentally kidnap Morty in the Jarek trap. Hey, pal. You good? You whole? You guys have milkshakes? We will learn what they are and get you one. We instead find ourselves in a world where even a character who's met Morty before can't be bothered to remember him during an adventure completely absent of Rick. Damn! You do remember our adventure! Not really. Now for better or for worse, Morty and the show have been defined by Rick and their proximity to Rick. But just like Rick in his garage, the show itself is always cooking up another experiment. Some blow up in their face, some transform into something wholly unexpected, and others take time to truly appreciate. And who knows, maybe I'll have a critical reappraisal of Rise of the Numericons the movie by the time of Magmati and Ice Cube and Challenge of the Geometrons. Or maybe not, but that's okay. Ha! You're weird. Anyway, folks, there you have it. We'll be back next week for the penultimate breakdown of Rick and Morty Season 7, Where Does the Time Go? In the meantime, though, you can find any of our previous breakdowns wherever Fine Nerdist content is streamed. For now, though, tell us, what did you think of this episode? Did you spot anything that we missed? You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this! Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.